Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Glitter Boys. So this next one we're going to do, we we alluded to in our in our last one. Uh, this is Rift Source Book Three Mindworks, and it is one of the the great covers, and it has a very very good villain. Unlike what we were just bitching about, if you're like <laughs> watching us all, listening to us all in order, and you know getting your fill of that of that uh, Palladium goodness, which I suggest you do. This is a, a a worthy next book. I really enjoyed this one quite a bit. Yeah, so much like Source Book 1 was to the core book, this book is all of the stuff that didn't fit into the Triax book. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of new new places, new villains, new creatures, new new characters, and a little bit of new gear. And it's kind of fucking brutal. Yeah. I think that the story behind this is so much more interesting than the stuff from the previous. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a villain, a new villain, yes, an interesting new villain that has a, an mm-hmm. interesting story that is connected to an interesting place. That, And we get to see more about one of those character classes that have always just been kind of hand-waved, you know, the crazies. Mm-hmm. We get yeah. some cool insight into the story of the crazies. I love it. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff on uh, the mom technologies here and and on the German-based company known as Mindworks. Mm-hmm. It's um uh, there's some interesting stuff with the matter over uh what is it? Uh, mind over matter is yep. what mom stands for. Um it, it's we have a few pages on that. Both the public image, what they put forth and what was actually going on behind the scenes. And I love when Palladium Books does stuff like this, where they just give you massive walls of flavor text. So you not only get the stats, but you get the feel for it. And I, I love when they play story time and they, they do it really well. Sir. The angel do we of wanna, death. Yeah, we do want to talk about her. Okay. Um, this is this is the big baddie. I honestly, of the books that have come out so far that we have done in this chronological order, my favorite villain so far. Yep. Yeah. Uh, she makes Archie look merciful. Mm-hmm. And like all good villains, she was forged out of tragedy. Forged Personal out of tragedy. tragedy. She's she's another villain that had her origin in being uh, humane and humanitarian and protective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, snapped the stress of the stress of what she went through would would destroy lesser minds. It just snapped hers and yeah. uh, snapped hers in whew, whew, wicked, horrible Interesting ways. ways. <laughs> yeah. One thing I want to start with right off the bat is they call her the angel of death. They give her this form, the sexy boobs and all of this stuff. But you know what I love is that she is not described as a beautiful character that so many female villains, especially the female supervillains, are all like, so beautiful, Mm -hmm. so attractive. Like, check out that PB score. Completely normal. Physical beauty of 12. You know, it's... And Palladium has done female characters that were robotic or, 
you know, monstrous in some way that still had beauty. She's just average. It's not yeah. part of her persona. I love it. Are, are you trying to say that uh, female characters can be something other than just uh, uh, a beautiful thing for small young men to uh, obsess over? Like that there's like this, this whole, whole thing of the self valuation and self will. And Oh my Lord. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I love titties too, but I, I like an interesting character where suddenly it's like, not only are they interesting, but they're female and it, it's not one of those mm-hmm. fallbacks, female, hot, attractive German woman kind of thing. It's yeah. Okay. She's female, but you know, she's, she's also cool. And we're not going to care about the beauty. Whereas so much male written yeah. text is like the very first or second sentence that describes and introduces a female character comments on her attractiveness. It's, yeah. Uh, you know, not using a lot of terms like husky voice and yeah, <laughs> though uh, they, they do. I will say that she, she likes to kill with seduction, which does kind of fall into that trope. Yeah, all right. True. Yeah. That's it's, it's just, it's just one of the things. Um, so she was uh, yeah. saving saving kids, burning in a hospital, and uh, got burned real bad right by the door. Was pulled out. She and the kid burned over like eighty percent of their body, and used her her mind works knowledge. Which is, uh, did we ever explain that mind works was a a mom factory? Oh yeah, yeah. Mind works is where it started. Yeah, all that mind over matter technology, what we come to know as crazies today is rooted in Mindworks in Germany. That technology has spread around the world. Yeah, but here's where it comes from. Those designer German drugs. Yep, yet one more of these German companies that survived the apocalypse. Apparently, if you look at the way that the ley lines are kind of set up, a lot of the areas in Germany were not exposed to some of the, uh, to, to a large amount of the the cataclysm. So it kind of makes sense that a lot of things yeah. survived out there. Also, the uh, the angel of vengeance, which is her her sidekick, is the uh, little girl she saved from the hospital, who was also horrifically burned. They get off on just murder sprees, like they're they're big fans. They yeah. they they cut up, they experiment, uh, they torture, and while while um she is a bit like nicer about it like they're they're both really into the badness yeah they're they're both pretty terrible and all the things that they do are pretty terrible their entire yeah. staff is terrible they uh <laughs> you know if if maybe you ever thought that there was something good and wholesome about crazy technology well it's it's rooted in like real real bad <laughs> <laughs> but yeah <laughs> So we get a deep dive into Mind Over Matter technology, a much, much, much deeper dive than we ever got with the original crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. We get talks about new types of implants, new types of mom augmentation that augment or modify the existing crazy stuff. And I love the cinetic stuff, like the the implants designed specifically to implant psychic powers. And yes. I also love that Every single item here has terrible drawbacks. <laughs> like they're all like, oh, here's this cool thing you can do. Also, you're fucking insane in this way. And here's this other cool thing you can do. Also, you can't eat, well, you know, you can't eat anything but feet. Yeah. <laughs> <just> like, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's some really cool stuff. Yeah. 
And because it's Rifts, there's also some new robots, you know, just because robots. Mm -hmm. I like them. Once again, they are not your uh, stereotypical bipedals. Uh, A lot of different shapes and designs. And I think a lot of that is owed to the insanity of their designer. Yeah. Yeah. There's a a more organic feel to both the weapons and the the robots. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some new ways to be a crazy as well. Mm hmm. And there are also the, their version of uh Borg and some sort of like mystic. Uh, what was it? The, the, uh, the Ecto traveler, which seemed interesting. It was being like a uh, elastic man. Yeah. There's the, yeah, 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 yeah. The classes in this are really cool. I am particularly fond of the null cyborg. They uh, are 100% about psionic defense while also kicking ass. I, I like when you can take a character that is rooted in technology, but give it some kind of a mystic overlap. Yeah. I, I love seeing that kind of merging of powers. Uh, some of the other classes are just, you know, modifications of things that you might expect to be there. There's like the human version of a dog boy and kind of stuff like that. The new character races are... Again, they they showcase some true vision that I think went into this mm-hmm. that is once again a shame that this stuff wasn't included in the first book or in the uh in Triax. Yeah. The Asverkin is oh the night such yeah. an interesting. Yeah. The the I like that they look so terrifying and yet they're actually cool dudes. Yeah, they they look very alien. Mm-hmm. Same with the lichen morphs. Yeah. Like the lichen morphs are these hideous shape shifting insectoid looking things, but they're all generally cool dudes. <laughs> you have this book of awful things, but some cool dudes in there. Yeah. The seekers are very nice giants uh-huh. that look real, real weird. Yeah. The the explorers are interesting. Um and this fucking uh, Simvan. Uh, I can't believe how much time we spent skirting those assholes (laughs) well you know a Simvan horde will fuck you up Uh, dear listener we were running a game in the Rift's New West and the Simvan are mentioned frequently in there so I was like I'm just going to map out some migrating Simvan hordes and the players are like "Um, there's about 6,000 giant monsters and they're ridden by some crazy looking guys we're going to avoid them (laughs) <laughs> yeah we, we spent a lot of time on them we have some torture wizards we have some monsters we have some more monsters i like the mega foot mastica that is my favorite critter in the book yeah it it really does look cool i like that it's its feet are actually attached to its upper body, but mm-hmm. they're so long they descend below. And it looks like it 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 eats at the top and sees at the bottom too. Because the mandibles are at the top, but mm-hmm. the the it looks like the sensory and fine maneuvering equipment is at the bottom. Like it's it's alien as fuck, and I like that. Then we've got the gene splicers. Yes, they are. You know, um, a nearly impossible to defeat source of uh, you know enemy power. They've got some cool weapons. They fuck with some things here. However. My favorite aspect of the gene splicers is the added randomness that you can use. Mm -hmm. They have some 
new ways if you want to take it to take the uh the notable traits list that they have here that's on page 66 or uh yeah to take that and uh-huh. use it as inspiration to just create some new races yeah. or if you if you need a random db to throw in a game as an NPC, you've got the stuff that's in the butts edition where you can randomly roll that stuff. But here's some more that you can add to them. And I love that level of variety. I also like that everyone kind of has their robotic minions in this too. Like they, they have their <laughs> their iBots and their spaceships yeah. and their three-headed wolves and, you know, things like that. Yeah, everybody's got their robot friends. Everybody's got their little monster minions. This this book is like, here's all these villains, and here are their pets. Yeah. Including the the next evolution of the, the Great Tree. We have the Tree of Darkness. Oh. And I gotta say, the Tree of Darkness is way cooler than the original Millennium Trees. But the picture is the same, and I like that. I'm here for that. If you notice, like that really annoying picture with the druid and the millennium tree that we both bemoaned when we did that one, <laughs> this is this is a mirror mirror image of that picture. Yeah, yeah. Like he's standing on that little rise to the right. He's got his little animal friend, the three headed dog demon, and his mm-hmm. eyeball that he's petting. Like I really, I love this picture so much more. I love so much about the tree, this one, because the tree itself isn't really considered to be a powerful thing, but it's it 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 possesses power that others can use that mm-hmm. is really bad. And it has portals to everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, yes. Portals. It can be, you know, okay, you got me thinking actually. Uh last time we talked about millennium trees and how they kind of themselves as entities within a game they themselves don't won't have that much overt power but it's the items that can be crafted from the millennium trees that can be quite interesting and some of these things are so powerful that you can they're close to rune weapons they could be sought after they could be the MacGuffin of a campaign kind of thing these evil items that can be pulled are just as cool yeah that said still i don't like that germany gets the black forest and that the black forest is evil the uh the schwarzwald is uh it's a lot of fiction takes place within the schwarzwald uh throughout history uh the von becks are there michael moorcock of elric fame spent a lot of time fucking around in that part of germany there is there's a lot of cool stuff that that happens there historically, and I think it should have gotten a little bit more treatment um, because I can like with their with their taking of rune weapons. I know for a fact that someone here has read the Elric series, so they they know the guy's work, and they could have done so much more with that location with the, with the Black Forest. I think there's a lot of locations that they can do a lot more with. Yeah. I know that again, it's limited space. I think the thing about the black forest is they have a few pages or I'm sorry. They have a few paragraphs dedicated to a brief description of it. And they're not the most intimidating paragraphs. It just describes where it is. You can encounter these kind of creatures there. We got a lot of hunters and trappers that live there. Here are some other types of inhabitants. I think they just sort of focused on some specific inhabitants of them. 
and instead of going out throughout the whole damn thing. Now, oh, but they do have regional highlights of it, uh, starting on page 76, uh, uh, several villages that are, that are out there, including some that are uh, quite nice. And not just that, you have Munich, and in Munich, we have the stats of Victor Laszlo, who, uh, well, Victor Laszlo is one of those names that is associated with Palladium all the way back. It's it's one of their recurring NPCs across multiple different campaign settings. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the bike force isn't all that bad, really. I think it's just like leading it off with the with the dark millennium tree. Yeah. You can definitely get the sense that it's an evil place, but I I think that I think they maybe are giving it more respect here and we're just coloring our perceptions with that goddamn evil tree. <laughs> it's entirely right there. possible. Yeah. That said, there's some shit I really like. I like the NGR mobile infantry strike base. I love a big landbound SDF one. I really like that picture, the fight that's happening here on page 82 mm-hmm. with the gargoyle. I like that it shows the scale of the conflict here. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, that goddamn tank. Woo-hoo-hoo. That's awesome. There's a lot of good art in this book. Just Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it is bloody. There's a lot of blood here. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what they did with Poland. Um, I like the legend yeah. of the Tarnal Crystal. I like... That it's, you know, a huge extra dimensional entity that will probably be a world destroyer uh, if anyone ever cracks mm-hmm. it out. Like it's there's there's a lot of hooks in here. I like that it is currently being directed as a force for good mm-hmm. that is clearly on its way to corrupting its user. Yeah, there's just a lot of cool stuff. It's a good book. Yeah, it's it, it really you is know? a good book and it should be bought in tandem with the book before it, the arms and equipment and the stories. I think looking at these two books, were I to run any kind of thing in Germany or in that general area, I suspect that I'd get more mileage out of this book than the Triax book. The Triax would be heavily referenced for gear stats. Definitely. Yeah. This one has way more maps. Can we talk about uh, what happens right after page like <laughs> yeah. 108? We have just, you know, the city map. And then we have, you know, the nation of uh, human maps of the area. And this is all all Europe. And then, you know, you have a map of the Gargoyle and Broadkill. And then you have a detail of the Black Forest and the Broadkill Empire close up. And then key ley lines. And I mean, just so many different ways of looking at the place. It's, I, I love that. I love maps. I love, I love maps. maps. Can't get enough of them. <laughs> that and that's pretty much where the where the book ends i believe yeah yeah i think i mean hell i don't i don't know what it goes for now but i do know it was 13 bucks and it was totally worth it at the time and uh if it's not if it's not much over 20 it's it's totally worth it now yeah i i'm looking at the the copy that i'm holding here which is the first print 11 dollars 95 yeah from the store yeah, I, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Palladium does give the best bang for the buck uh, with, with, their, with, their, with their printing practices. And yeah, yeah, uh, love, l- love this book. I, I we kind of like skipped over some of, of the villainy in that. And some of that is I didn't want to give away too much because I really liked her. You should read it yourself. It's good. Yeah, I feel the same. 
I, I think the story is worth reading. I think her details are worth reading and her henchmen and allies. Mm -hmm. They are, they're fascinating. I know that she has one alien ally that's listed Mm -hmm. there right after the angel of vengeance. And he is really cool too. The, everything that's happening there at Mindworks is fascinating. And I think is far more interesting for campaign fodder than the gargoyle empire. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would agree. Yeah. And not to spoil it, that that's, that's on you. Go find it. Yeah, I, I I recommend this book. I love the art. There's there's a, a couple thing or two that I have a little issue with, but it's not big. Like there's all, all in all, I'd say this is a great book, and you should probably add it to your library. It's good. It's it's solid. Yeah, I do think, however, similar to the previous book, it needs a you're going to need to do a pass on the numbers if you want to use it mm-hmm. in line with some of the stuff after the ultimate edition. This is a good uh, 11 years before the Ultimate Edition came out. And in that 11 years, Rift's really experienced some some numerical creep that the Ultimate Edition, I, I personally feel the Ultimate Edition did a really good job of redistributing some of the, the power. Agreed. Bringing it back to the core classes. But uh, again, give it a numbers pass, GMs. Look at this book. Run the numbers on any item in here before you bring it up because it actually might need a little bit of a boost. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I still want to figure out something to do with the gargoyles. I really liked your idea of the, of the rampaging horde. Like just, just sweeping down, darkening the skies, tearing apart all life. And only the, the fiercest defended cities prepared for this can turn them aside. And it's not that they defeat them. It's that they fight for a little bit and then say, it's not worth it. We're going to go... F- over here. And it's just like this this ravenous horde of gargoyle. I, that I like. It could even be a cyclical thing yeah. where there are maybe these hidden portals to the gargoyle dimension where these monst- this monstrous horde of flying demonoids mm-hmm. comes and raids the German countryside. And they don't stay for too long, but they do their best to hit hard wherever they go. And now, making it even more interesting, we can say that the broad kill perhaps are the ones who are doing their best to defend these portals mm-hmm. because they're all about chaos. Yeah, they see all of this happening. These gargoyles sweep out and they clean up the remains. They come yeah. out and they grab all of the fallen loot and they take the cybernetics so they can bring it back and attach it to themselves. So really, the, I think the the horde itself, you could use it as like a cyclical threat that builds up and builds up, mm-hmm. whereas the broad kill could make for the more interesting villains that you have to hunt down and d- destroy these portals. Yeah. Or even the broad kill are the ones like not only guarding the portals, but perhaps unleashing them. And the poor gargoyles, mm. they, they come to England because there's, uh, England, excuse me, uh, this part of uh, Europe because there's not as many ley lines. And maybe that is somehow amenable to their nature. Like they don't exist very well in high magic areas. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, just, just <laughs> could do more. I really liked your idea, though. And I'm probably going to file yeah. off the serial numbers and steal it for something I run one day. <laughs> you know? Do it. Do it, please. Take it and run. Run free, run far. (laughs) Run screaming the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I think that uh, that pretty much wraps up the book. I hope you liked it. I liked I liked this book. Uh, source books have so far been really good. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, I've been impressed. I think we may we might have some uh, some duds coming up down the line, but I'm not sure right yeah. now. So far, we're uh, three for three. Yeah. Yeah, I liked everything about it. And um, I really like some of the directions they're going in. I just, I really think that, uh, especially art design, is is coming along and evolving with with the, the IP and the properties. And you're really starting to see that, um, as opposed to hulking warrior stance, number 16. You're, you're, you're starting <laughs> to see some true original thinking in the design of of the various machines and aliens and alien machines and you, you, some you. It's it's plain to see that more thought is going into it. Yeah, I I can only agree. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's where I'll leave it. Um, yep. Yeah, it's great. Love it. Get it. Buy it. We'll see you next week. Bye. See you next week. You've been listening to the Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. 